Miranda. See, it's always so funny whenever I do these interviews with people I know because I feel <laughs> weird like talking to them like, hey, tell me about you. <laughs> but Miranda Nichols, how are you today? <laughs> I'm doing very well in yourself. I'm doing good. Thank you so much for joining me for another episode of Exquisite Conversations. Um, I know we've been familiar with each other for quite some time, so I wanted to introduce you to our listeners so people can get to know you and how awesome you are and support you in everything that you're doing. So great. Um, Thank you for having me. Thank you for having me. <laughs> no problem. No problem. It's always so weird because I, I used to do these in person. You know, he's sitting talking to the person in person, uh, you know, talking to the person in front of them. But now right. with COVID, I've had to do everything virtual. So I'm like, huh. we've, we've all had to make that pivot. We've all had to make that pivot in yeah. business and in just in regular life. That that's the new normal now. Yeah, it's definitely been. It's been so much to. It's just I keep thinking back. It's just like I would have never thought. Never in my wildest dreams would I have thought we would be like here. Right. <laughs> this time last year, it's like I just thought we were gonna go through another year, everything was gonna be fine, but I would have never thought everything that happened happened. And right. it's just been so much to learn. So <laughs> um, so I wanted to go ahead and jump in and allow you to introduce yourself, tell us about who you are and what you do. Um, for those who aren't familiar with you. <laughs> Okay. Well, my name is Miranda Nichols. I am the founder and executive director of Diversity Advancement Alliance Group, which is a 501c3 nonprofit that was a spinoff from Charleston County um, Minority um, Business Development Department, where I was asked to um, become a standalone so that I could be more hands-on with small minority businesses to help them with their business infrastructure and help them to do it the right way the first time so that they could um, qualify for business certifications, get them qualified, and also help them to compete for contracts um, at the uh, government level, but uh, the, the county government level, but also at the federal government level. Okay, awesome, awesome. So you are, very hands-on um, when it comes to a lot of uh, a lot of the resources and tools that are out there for small businesses, especially minority-owned small businesses, um, helping them to uh, get exactly where they want to be. Because everybody's always like, "Where can I get a loan? Where can I get this? Where can I get that? How can I do this?" Yeah, um, um, you know, being a member of, uh, as they say, membership has its privileges. Mm -hmm. So we do uh, run our nonprofit based off of membership, which is very affordable um uh, you know if, you, if it's your first year in business it's only um 250 for the whole year and and if it's uh if you've been in business for longer than a year then it's 500 for the entire year um for the the, the small businesses and um uh, my staff me and my staff are available um to uh our clients and our membership uh, to answer those questions where they can get help. Um, we also have um, a lot of the resources that are members of our um, nonprofit. So we have accountants, insurance agents, um, you know, lawyers that are members. And um, we try and make members good stewards 
of the membership by uh, looking inside the membership first for services rendered before looking outside. Okay, all right. So I know you, you did mention before um, that your organization is somewhat of a spinoff from um, a department that used to be at Charleston County. Talk about how that kind of came to be, you know, from one minute being a part of that and then for them saying, hey, we want to help you be your own entity. Like what was, I'm pretty sure that was kind of like, okay, like wasn't expecting that, you know, because not a lot of people get opportunities like that every day, I would imagine. <laughs> Well, you know, it it wasn't even in my uh, in my thoughts or plans to found a, a nonprofit. I was working for the county government as the deputy director of the minority business development uh, department, and the um, the the director retired, and uh, Charleston County was making decisions funding-wise about how they wanted to move forward and how they wanted to improve on their minority numbers uh, for minority businesses competing for government contracts with the county. And um, uh, the chairman of the council came and asked me, what would it look like if we were to spin you off and start you in your own nonprofit so that you could be more hands-on with the businesses because as a county employee, I couldn't help them with proposal methodology and then walk them down the hall to submit the proposal because it would be a huge conflict of interest. Mm -hmm. So um, I basically put together a proposal on December 10th, 2015. Um, it went to council December 15th, 2015 and got greenlit that uh, night. Uh, and um, uh, Charleston County funded me. And that, and, and hearing that story is just so, you know, because I know in Charleston, um, you know, there are so many different small businesses and we've just kind of exploded in our own way when it's come to entrepreneurship and people creating things, um, venturing out on their own and things like that. So it's nice to hear that, you know, people are getting opportunities like this and they're not just, you know, going to others who may not be deserving and people are seeing your worth. So, um, so congratulations on that. I know Thank I'm like, you. <laughs> Thank you. Thank I know you. I'm like a few years late, but still congratulations. <laughs> you know, um, it's it's always good for people to hear um, that opportunities are being provided like that. Um, and me being an African American woman, um, and give, given the opportunity by a majority Republican council to. Um, fund and run and found. Um, but yeah, I definitely agree that it is important for people to hear about those kinds of opportunities because I think it's so easy, you know, especially being a minority owned business to get discouraged. So to be able to know like something like that and someone like you exists like a walking example, um, I think it's, it's very reassuring. Now, um, you know, now that you are, you know, it's been five plus years now and your business is still growing and still thriving. What has the journey been like for you having that kind of support and, you know, being able to help so many minority owned businesses in Charleston? What's that been like? It's been very gratifying. This has always been my passion. And so being able to help being in a position 
to help with the resources that I needed to help these small businesses um, be better and grow smartly and learn how to compete and win contracts has been the most gratifying experience ever. Um, I was in the federal government space for 18 years. You know, when I, when I came to the municipality, it was because I was asked by a state official, a state senator, to come and assist with the Minority Business Development Department. And um, uh, I was making the transition anyway. So, um, you know, this was something that uh, was uh, allowing me to, to fuel my passion of helping small businesses and showing them how to get the infrastructure correct and do it the right way. But, um, you know, the experience of learning um, the political aspect also of uh, running such an organization in um, a, a, a major hub uh, city like Charleston uh, with the economic development that's here, um, there's no way we shouldn't have or be pushing for 25 to 30% inclusion on every municipal contract. That's something that we're still pushing for. One thing I am proud of is we, we were able to get 40% inclusion for the um, International African American Museum. And that's something that I worked uh, very hard for, um, for four years awesome. prior to the, um, the opportunity being um, released on the street for um, businesses to start um, competing for the contracts. So um, in, in those small battles, those small battles that we win, we, we can we can build it up to a, a you know the war, if you will, because it, it really is um, something to overcome when um, minority businesses have usually been an afterthought, and the mindset that we're trying to change is we want minority businesses to be a forethought before the process starts to put together the contracting plan. Let's think about what piece we're going to carve out for minority businesses, and um, uh, you know, politically, there's a lot that goes on uh, politically, and I, and I'm still talking about my journey, <laughs> believe it or not. Um, there's a lot that goes on politically with, um, you know, standing in the gap for minority businesses as well. Not only do we help them and we're hands on with them, but we have to stand in the gap to make sure that. Um, when we encourage them to make all these changes and do all these things to be a better business, that the opportunities are available for them to actually go after. And so in working with uh, procurement with uh, the school district, the airports, the MUSD, um, you know, um, all the, the major uh, procurement hubs here in Charleston, um, you know, that's that's a big part of what we do as well. We act as a liaison between um, those entities and uh, small minority businesses. So that's, that's a big part of what we do. And as far as um, the uh, experience, you know, I'm still experiencing. <laughs> Definitely. And, and it's good to, it's always so, it's very empowering to be able to hear you say all of that because 
I can definitely, I've come across so many, you know, because I work with on the creative side of things when it comes to graphic design, branding and marketing. Um, and just seeing like how so many entrepreneurs, small businesses, minorities, they don't know about the opportunities that are out there. You know, and it's just a matter of, you know, not having someone point them in the right direction or maybe not just doing the right kinds of research. Like, I definitely, definitely can agree and relate um, to, you know, the, the shock and the surprise and somewhat disappointment that, you know, larger entities don't really go out of their way to reach out to us. Or even just right. wave right. and say, hey, you know, we got a little something over here. <laughs> you know, it's like, you know, and, and it's funny because I can remember when I was younger and, you know, my dad would always like drive me around and show me different like old places and be like, yeah, this person had a business here. This person had a business here. And you always hear people talk about how, you know, uh, Charleston was built on the black back of blacks and things like that, you know. It's just like, wow, like y'all didn't give us one thought when it came to some of right. these opportunities out here. Like, or you find out about them too late, you know, so. Absolutely, absolutely. It's a, a big reason why um, I wanted to to um, be successful at this. Because um, not only do I, um, am, am I the ED and the founder of a nonprofit, I also have a for-profit business as well. Mm -hmm. Actually, I have two. Um, I I am the only minority-owned, woman-owned opportunity zone fund in the state of South Carolina that's on the national register. Wow. And um, I also have an IT business where we provide IT training services uh, directly to the government, to the federal government. Okay. Wow. See, you just do it all. See, I knew I <laughs> just have so many hidden parts of you. <laughs> so when it comes to your your, your nonprofit organization, um, I know you talked about membership and some of the things that are offered. How say, say, for example, I was a small business owner and I reach out to you, I contact you and I say, I need help. You know, I, I might have just found you, you know, what can a membership do for me? Like someone that's just getting started, someone that doesn't know not a thing. <laughs> what are some of the benefits and some of the perks of that your organization can offer and like membership with your organization can offer? Well, um, someone that's coming to us um, with just an idea and no way and, and really no idea of how to execute it. We have what we call a starter package, which is your basic EIN, the LLC, the correct corporate structure, and a business plan. So, you know, with those uh, four pieces done correctly and done in the very beginning, you're able to, um, you know, get a, a, a baseline and a, a foundation that will help you to be able to grow smartly. You won't have to go back and fix things. Um, and so that's that's what we call our starter package. We also do one-on-one um, -on -one consultations um, to understand what the challenges are. Um, because a lot of people really don't even know what their challenges are when um, they're starting a business. Um, they just know they have a great idea and they want to go out and start doing it but we teach people the business of doing business. Everybody knows the technical part of what it is that they do, 
But the business of doing business is something totally different. You have to have an accountant. You have to have a lawyer. You have to have someone who understands um, bids and proposals. You have to have um, someone who understands contracts. So all those are um, super important in order for us to um, uh, be able to help you to grow smartly. And so, you know, these are these are the things. I think that that one-on-one -on -one consultation really helps to pull out of a person what it is that they really need from us, because we have a, a checklist basically where we ask you: Do you have this? Do you have that? Do you need this? Do you need that? And that really helps them to understand either how far along they are or how much they still have to do. That checklist is really super. It's a, it's a. Um, moving forward from, you know, you gave a lot of very interesting, very important things um, as far as the when it comes to the membership for, uh, you know, joining with your organization. Um, and I think a lot of, and I, I can definitely agree, I think a lot of what uh what small businesses do sometimes is they just they just jump out there because they're so excited so they want to get started right away you know but and i think that's what hurts us sometimes because we let the excitement override the logic sometimes so we don't do the the logical right. things like researching first and uh you know making sure that we know exactly what it is that we're getting into so i definitely think that that's awesome that you guys take the time to do that and i know i need to start sending people your way as soon as sending more people your way now <laughs> um so my next question that i had um was Absolutely. you know and, and just to add on to, just to add on to that oh sorry go ahead i might there might have been a delay but you keep going you sorry there is I, a delay i i can hear you now Okay. Yeah, I just wanted to. I just wanted to. Okay, I just wanted to add on to that because, you know, not having that infrastructure is what caused a lot of these small businesses not to be able to qualify for the PPP loan and the CARES Act money that the state just issued to mm -hmm. um, small minority businesses. And um, when you don't do the business part. And then something like a pandemic happens, and then you don't have your paperwork. You can't pick up the phone. You don't have a bank account. You don't have a relationship with an accountant because you haven't brought one on. You've been trying to struggle and do that piece on your own um, in a spreadsheet or something. And, and then that's when you don't have the necessary tools in order to go in and qualify for these funds that come from the federal government. And that's why it's so important to become a member of an organization like ours or our organization so that you can actually get, get it right the first time so you don't have to revisit it when it's, when it's too late. Okay, I definitely can agree with that. It's definitely so, so, so very important for you to know what you're walking into. And I, I've met so many business owners that are, you know, years in like me and you know, they didn't even know like, oh, that you got to get an LLC or that you got to get an EIN. Wow. And they'll be like, what's that? What's that? It's like, wow. how are you like, <laughs> what have you been doing? <laughs> right. Oh my gosh. Yeah. And some, some people, it's just, they, they choose to not do the stuff. They know they are, but it's like, 
just like how you said when it comes to things like right now we're in a pandemic nobody expected to be here but it's like if you don't have your paperwork and everything that you need in place you're not going to get the funding and the help that you're going to need in times that's like right. this you know so right. you are definitely correct speaking of covid um i know you do i know you're a very well connected person and you know you've built a lot of relationships with organizations and people over the years you know with covid going on you know everybody we were just talking about how you know, everybody's got to stay away from each other, unfortunately. Um, so when it comes to things like networking and growing your network and continuing to grow your brand, what advice do you give to uh, other small businesses right now that might be trying to figure out like, okay, well, I can't go to an event in person. Like, what do I do? How do I grow my brand just from behind my computer? Well, I mean, to, uh, you got you really got to get on to... Um, some of some get into some of these uh you know get into some of these groups i mean they got they have great groups uh blacks and nonprofits is a great group on facebook and yes you can make know, me to them <laughs> yeah, yes i did uh joan Berry has been integral in helping me with um you know making sure that i grew the nonprofit at the rate that it needed to grow in order to continue to be successful even during a pandemic um you know you just got to get out research your genre um and and get out into these groups and 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 find resources where people are having group chats and people are still doing things online um and i just say cisco webex and zoom are your best friends because um you know people are still having full-fledged seminars um, and still providing training via Cisco WebEx and, uh, and Zoom. I'm still doing it uh, using those platforms. So, you know, it's not like people aren't moving forward. You just got to get out there and you got to do the research and make sure that you're in the, the right groups and in the right circles. Um, and it's easy enough for us to provide our people with lists. The same way that, you know, if I know that this is something that you do, I'm going to tag you in it just because I know this is something that you do. Um, you know, um, all of my staff does that, you know, uh, particularly for the businesses that we work with. And we work with your business in helping with uh, our branding. And so we recommend you to everyone, you know? And, you know, the, the power of the um, word of mouth is still the strongest power there is in growing your business. Um, so when you get an opportunity to do a good job, people will recommend you. And it's how I have survived um, all these years. Um, it's is professional integrity and um, doing a good job and people knowing that you're known for that thing. And so people automatically send people to you. That, that's, been, that's, that's really been the, the key to my survival, really. Mm -hmm. 
Awesome, awesome. Well, you have just given me, you've taught me a lot on the, <laughs> from this, you know, and I'm hoping that anybody listening is able to learn something from you and reach out to you to, um, you know, seek that knowledge and get their business where it needs to be. So as my last question, tell us how people can contact you, how they can reach out to you um, and how they can book you, become a member, all of that. <laughs> Well, um, I, they can go to the website. The website is www.diversityaagroup.org. Um, they can go to the website and they can register there um, for membership. Um, they also can uh, reach out to me via uh, Facebook, um, Diversity Advancement Alliance Group. We have our own page. Um, and you can um, request a consultation there as well. Um, and uh, well, Kim, you did my business cards. Why didn't you just have it on your podcast? Don't worry, I got you. I got you. Volume <laughs> two. All of my information is there, you know. And, and this and and this is something that I want to 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 you know, make sure that people understand, we gotta start recycling the minority dollar. If we don't use our own people for the things that we have, then we're, we're never gonna be able to control the financial narrative. We have to continue to recycle the minority dollar. Our buying power is 3 trillion a year. I mean, that's a big number. Yes, that's a big I number. I agree with you 100%, you know, and I come in and, um, you know, and I'm so glad you shouted out Ben, because they are, that group is amazing. And when you added me, I was like, oh my God, so much information yeah. is here. But it is. Yeah. And even just like all these groups and how everyone's just trying to share knowledge and make sure that everyone is just staying on point and making the most of this pandemic of this time that we're in is definitely so very important. So I'm just grateful, you know, the Charleston community has people like you that we can come to lean on, rely on, talk to, you know, to be able to get us where we need to be and make sure that our voices are heard and, you know, make sure that, you know, these larger entities don't forget about minority organizations, you know, because there's a lot of us out here. <laughs> right, that's, a, that's, that's a big part of our fight. Mm -hmm. we, we, we stay, we stand in the gap. Um, you know, we actually went to the uh, state house uh, last week to talk about um, the CARES grant and I'm writing an op-ed piece on what went wrong and why um, minority businesses didn't get the lion's share of the $40 million mm -hmm. that was allocated to them. Um, believe it or not, white-owned, women-owned businesses got 24%. I mean, got, um, no, they got 24 million of the $40 million wow. was allotted for minority businesses. And I think that we have to get to the point where we're using the BIPOC um, signature where we're saying, when we say minority businesses, we're talking about black indigenous people of color. Because if we don't specify that, then that other group will be able to 
slip in that is well capitalized, but because they are women owned, they are considered minority, but they don't have capitalization problems the way that minority women owned businesses do. And so we wanna make sure that we're clear when, you know, um, things are being allocated for minority businesses. So that's something that, um, you know, we've been fighting for. Okay, awesome. Well, I definitely appreciate you and commend you so much on all the hard work that you do um, on behalf of minority-owned business businesses, and especially, you know, you yourself being a minority-owned business as well. I just commend you on how hard you go and how much you represent us and make us proud. So I thank you. <laughs> You're welcome. You're welcome. Thank you. And again, this has been another wonderful episode of Exquisite Conversations. Miranda, it has been a pleasure. And y'all go to her website, become a member, give all your money to her. (laughs) (laughs) We want you you to make all the money so that you can turn around and be good stewards and and become a sponsor and donate. Yes, yes. Yes.